Hello everyone and welcome to Back of the Grid. My name is Chris Evans and I'm joined by Tom King. Hello. And by Stu Greenwood. Hello. Um, we're here to preview the Russian Grand Prix, um, but a few bits of news to get through first. Actually starting with Russian driver uh, Danny Kvyat. Remember him? The torpedo. Yes. Actually very apt as we come up to the Russian Grand Prix. He has got a new manager in the shape of Nicholas Todd, uh, son of uh, Jean Todd, who is a manager of various people in motorsport he's managed um felipe massa maldonado uh i think is charles Leclerc's current manager um and it seems he's playing a big part in caveat's return to toro rosso which it seems is pretty much on the cards now um the current word in the paddock seems to be that the deal is basically done and he's already winding down his involvement with ferrari because if you remember he out of nowhere got signed as a development driver at ferrari this year um which made him colleagues with his best friend vettel <laughs> But yeah, out of nowhere, we might be seeing him back on the grid for... This will be his second comeback, won't it? Because he was... Uh, yeah, it's kind yeah. of, yeah. Dropped it... midway through last season for a few races, came back. um, Dropped again, and yeah, now he's back again. Yeah. No, it'd be the third time he's been dropped, won't it? He got dropped from... It depend, depends on how you consider it. I guess it, he, yeah, he's, he's moved well. between teams... But he stayed in the sport. He just moved between teams, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't well, leave the sport completely. It's mm. another move on his roller coaster of a career, anyway. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it's good to see him back. I mean, I don't know how. Yeah. I'm f- well, yeah, I, I mean, we come on now. We've had this discussion, guys. Like we spoke about um, how we'd rather see new drivers on the grid. That is very true. We we came up with a list of five. <laughs> that we wanted rid of <laughs> and <laughs> and now we're gonna, probably going to have a sick added to that next season from the look of it yeah I mean I guess the problem is n- none of the young drivers we want are in any way connected to Red Bull and Red Bull like to keep it within their family even if it means going crawling back to someone they've previously dropped a la well, Brendan Hartley yeah it was, it. it was not the first time they've had to resort to going back to someone they've dropped is it yeah um I mean, he can't do much worse than he did in his last stint. He was he was a bit of a broken man last time he was around, wasn't he? So hopefully he's in a bit of a better state this time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean by the time I mean he was he was getting to sort of Maldonado levels of uh, yeah. crashes, so he's picked the right manager, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, well yeah, it's worked with Maldonado, hasn't he, Todd? <laughs> yeah. That's true, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not I I, I couldn't honestly like sit here and tell you that I'm happy to see Danny Kvyat coming back. Like, I feel like he had his chance and um, he he didn't really come up with the goods. Mm-hmm. But you know, who am I to who am I to judge? I'm just an armchair expert. I'm not a um, uh, not. And I use the ex, the term expert very loosely. <laughs> there. Yeah, I mean, of, of a maybe similar ilk. Um, it's now also looking like that his teammate is going to be Pascal Verlein making another comeback um, as he's now been dropped from the Mercedes uh, young driver program. Um, I don't know, like you say, it's like there's so many young drivers you'd rather see come through, but I guess 
such is the state of all these young driver programs now. No one's... Then again, I guess Verlines and Mercedes drop out and Toro Rosso are supposedly picking him up, so who knows? Mm. Yeah. It's, it's just, to me, it's more evidence to point towards the sort of slave team requirement at the minute. Like it feels yeah. like the only legitimate way of getting more teams on the grid, which is what it needs. It need, probably need m- maybe one or two more teams on the grid, maybe even three. The only way that's really going to happen is if if there's some serious financial backing and and, and technical support because it's such an advanced sport now from from bigger teams. Yeah, well, I mean, um, Toto Wolf recently said. Um, Although, like, it's nice to give these young drivers help getting through the feeder series and to, like, build them up. From a business point of view, it doesn't make any sense to buy them a seat in a different team. Um, So, you know, basically, when it comes to that point, you have to kind of put the, isn't it nice to have our young driver's side to one side and just kind of make a cold business decision, which is primarily why we've now got, probably got Ocon and Russell next season without seats. Yeah, yeah. You, could, you could make an entire series of racing just <laughs> for young drivers who pretty who, much who, who finished F2 and, and not got an F1 seat. Well, I, th- I think Super Formula might be that next year, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, though, it's a shame mainly because there's potential here with two drivers ending up back on the grid that I'd say nobody's that bothered about coming back, generally speaking, in Kvyat and Verline, both deemed to have had the chances, been average at best and not really mm. performed. But then you've got you've got drivers like Ocon, who has performed and deserves to be on that grid, and Van Dorn, yeah. who has maybe had a hard time with a and a bad car and being put up against one of the elite drivers of the series maybe not getting a chance that could be like, say, for argument's sake, like giving him what one last shot in a team where he's got a little bit more of a chance. Um, yeah. Okay, let me let me ask you a question there, Tom. Mm-hmm. If you put Leclerc in that same car against Alonso, who do you think would come out on oh, top? I'd, I'd say Leclerc's better than Van Dorn. I wouldn't dispute that. But mm, against Alonso, I think Alonso would probably still come out on top just because of experience um but i think he would give alonso more of a fight than van dorn i think van dorn and leclerc in the same car would end up with leclerc still being van dorn yeah 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 i agree agree with that that. i could agree with that totally yeah i'd I'd be interested to see leclerc versus alonso in a car but i think that yeah the the sort of the maturity and the experience of alonso would probably just about see him out but so so the conclusion is Leclerc is better than Van Dorn. That's that's what, that's what we've established. Correct, there. for sure. <laughs> both of which, in a throwback to very old times, both of which are better than Bruno Senna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've not done that for ages. Yeah, we um, should bring that back. Yeah, maybe maybe not. We, we, I don't know, we get a few too many listens now. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else to say on caveats? There'll be... That, there's plenty of torpedo references to make isn't there yeah <laughs> i actually watched the uh the 2016 russian grand prix for anyone who's new to formula one and hadn't seen the 2016 grand prix um Kvyat went into the back of uh vettel twice and took him out of the race <laughs> that's Russia. that's the infamous right. infamous um what are we doing here are we yeah um, what the heck are we, are is, we yeah. racing yeah, or playing yeah, ping pong or whatever from. it was yeah. Wasn't it? 
and then the birth of a whole feature on our podcast. Yeah, and then there's the whole um, we used to use in the intro the Kvyat's attack was suicidal. That used to be in the intro last season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, classic. <laughs> so Kvyat's return has probably been made a lot easier by the fact that Red Bull can't find a way around um, their young driver Dan Tictum's lack of super license points. It sounds like they've tried, but. FIA having none of it, which as they should, because that's yeah. the whole point of the super license. Yep. Um, Dan Tictum's also had a bit of a meltdown this week, which won't have particularly helped uh, his case to be moving up into the top tier series. Um, so he currently drives in Euro F3, which in fact me and you, Stu, saw a race ourselves, didn't we, a few weeks yes, ago? Yes, we did. We went to the um, World Endurance Championship. Um, where we saw one Mick Schumacher win, I believe. Um which was part of he's currently on a run of six consecutive pole positions, five of which he's converted to wins. And in doing so, he's overturned Tixum's lead and he's now 49 points ahead in the championship. Tixum a few weeks ago basically said that like all the F1 speculation around him would kind of cause him to take his eye off the ball a little bit in terms of the F3 championship. Um, and that's kind of why he'd had a few poor performances. Um, but after the Austrian race, which was last weekend, he decided that he needed to vent on Instagram. Um, oh yeah, and said that he finds the pace of Schumacher and his prima teammate uh, Schwartzman quote interesting. <laughs> um, he's deleted the post now, but he basically said, "I don't like pointing fingers at anyone." But to be honest, this weekend the pace in the car was not there. Set up mainly as in the last race where we got the car better, we were pretty quick, climbing from seventh to fourth. However, compared to the top two, no one on the grid has a chance. Even their other teammates who are good drivers were nowhere compared to them. Interesting is how I would describe their pace, and I'm confident that many people in the F3 paddock will agree. Um, right. He then made a point of saying he wasn't suggesting they were fielding an illegal car, although he did but say, um, unfor- yeah, unfortunately, I am fighting a losing battle as my last name is not Schumacher. What, so, so what he's saying is he's openly admitting that he's not as good as Schumacher because he doesn't have the the, the genetic well, <laughs> the, gen, the genetics to do it. Like, what's, well, that's he, what's the thing. That it's like if you're not suggesting they're fielding a legal car or something along those lines, what are you suggesting? Yeah. Because yeah, the interesting thing I didn't realize until I read this story was that in your F three the um basically the telemetry is completely open so anyone in the pit lane can look at anyone else's data um so they know if if and why they're quicker or not um as i say he's now deleted this post but obviously everybody has seen it i imagine uh dr marco is going to be having a quiet word with him um it's like a lot when people talk about tictum they tend to bring up the the time he lost his, his head his, and his temper yeah, yeah yeah overtook the safety car and deliberately crashed into someone and to, to be fair to and i've heard him say this he was like 14 when that happened and you know there's a number of years ago it was a silly moment from you know let's face it a child when you're 14 yeah yeah um we've all done stupid things at the age of 14 exactly we? you can't begrudge someone a mistake at that age yeah but then stuff like this just like you say it just sounds very hot-headed like i this, this is the guy that Red Bull are like pinning yeah. everything on as their future guy and can't see myself. Yeah, I mean, uh, ha- having said that, I, I never found, my, when I was 14, I never found myself ramming other cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, it's not a normal situation for a 14-year-old to be in, really, is it? On a racetrack, in a fast car, open wheels, in yeah. that kind of situation. It's very well, unusual. That. It's a very unique situation, really. I can't help feeling like 
basically he's all Red Bull of God at the moment that's even close to F1 and it feels like they're throwing everything behind him whereas if he'd been knocking around a few years ago when there was a few more rivals around for F1 seats he'd probably been ditched by now like the way Red Bull chop and change their young drivers I think he's lucky that he's the only one they've got at the moment how does this happen how how do they run out of young drivers I don't how could they not have planned for this like they, they can see how talented each of them are. Yeah. They're Is in a very strange situation. Yeah, because it's not like they've like been... Well, I suppose before Danny Rick arrived and Max Verstappen... I, I guess it comes back to Danny Kvyat. They booted Danny Kvyat out and brought Max Verstappen up. Yeah. And what, did they just not have anyone after Max Verstappen lined up? Like... Prima. I mean, big old gap well, they moved a lot up very quickly. Um, one thing, one thing that I noticed yeah. actually is, um, at some point this season, I'm not sure if it was towards the beginning or if it's been during the season, but they've picked up um, Fukuzume, who's currently driving in F2. So they've actually, at some point, given oh, themselves driver, another driver. Yeah, and I think it comes from that Honda connection exactly, Stu. But he's officially classed as a Red Bull young driver. Um, so, you know, I guess that is another option. With him being in F2, he's going to be earning more towards his super license um, than Tictum is, I guess. Yeah, it's, I guess it's, so. It's, all, it's just so bizarre. Yeah. All of it is so bizarre. Like, we've got, we've got so many good young drivers coming through, and because they're part of the wrong programme... They're not getting drives. It's just yeah. Crazy. It's the thing we've we've got Torosso scrabbling around to find anyone that's got enough super license points to stick in their car, while Mercedes are stuck there with Ocon and Russell yeah. and nowhere to put them. It's mm. yeah. Imagine uh, you know for 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 um for Toro Rosso, Ocon in a Toro Rosso would be a massive yeah. deal as well. He's such a good driver. He'd be so, he could he'd bring so much to the table for that team. But, but then, obviously Mercedes will never let that happen because no. they're giving their man to their rival aren't they and it's they a it's that. a proper double-edged sword these young driver programs because as long as you're still moving there's places for you to go it's great but you get to the stage that Ocon and Russell are in now and you've proved yourself you've still got the backing of a manufacturer but there's not a seat for you because no one else wants yeah. you do you want to know what the what the root cause of the whole thing is <laughs> go on <laughs> is it not enough teams it's, there's not enough teams and do you know why there's not enough teams because it's it costs not too much it costs too much it's not financially viable to run a Formula 1 team and yep. do you know why don't, that is don't say it because no, the prize no. money <laughs> the, the prize Move money on. isn't distributed properly that's why <laughs> next next topic yeah yeah sorry <laughs> don't get me going <laughs> um, uh, as a side note to all this it is, it is worth mentioning just how brilliant Schumacher has been in the second half of this F3 season like he had a really rocky start but he is looking really properly amazing like Mm. when when he first made the step up and everyone was getting hyped around him I couldn't help feel like is everyone just going to get overexcited because his name is Schumacher and he's going to have all this hype around him and get pushed too far but he really actually seems to be proving himself now Um, and someone at Ferrari basically has said like if he's ever in a position to move up to F1, of course Ferrari are going to open a door for someone called Schumacher. Um, it definitely feels like we're going to see him in F1 at some point in the next few years. Yeah, he's, he's sort of he's coming on quite nicely, isn't he? Um, he really is. Yeah. So, what's uh, let's have a look at some of his some of his uh, seasons. He's also doing 
German. Oh god, what is it now? He's doing one of the German series um, as well, which I think is Formula Four. Um, and he, he, I saw him at Hockenheim in that, and he looked fairly good. He's he's a rookie in that yeah. series, and he finished. I think I want to say he finished fourth overall in the race, which was best rookie. Um, so there were only sort of three seasoned races in front of him in the series. Hmm. Do you reckon he'll be at Macau this year? A lot of the Formula 3 drivers go to Macau. Yeah, quite I think, possibly. Yeah, I think. I think Prima enter a team for Macau, don't they? So if they do, he'll, I'd, I'd assume he'd do, be yeah. part of it because he it's their programme he seems to be under now. Um, which makes sense because they have the ties to Ferrari and as we've just like sort of touched on, there's probably Schumacher connections to Ferrari you know, all over the place, so... That's of course, yeah. It makes logical sense for him to go that route, I guess. Yeah, definitely. What's really interesting is he. So last season he was uh, on FIE Formula Three European Championship, same championship as in this year, and um, he did. According to this, he did thirty races, um, but only got one podium, finished twelfth. And this year, I don't know. Maybe he's just got his head around the car. Maybe the team. I think so. Yeah, it's taken a year to sort of get him get things together, but. Um, yeah, he's obviously in the championship, as we've said. And before that, it was in ADAC Formula 4, an Italian Formula 4, and he finished second in both of those in 2016. Um, and he uh, was third in the MRF Challenge Formula 2000 race. Not sure what that is. I don't know what that is either. I thought it's some sort of young gun open wheel racing category. Apparently. Um, <clears throat> Uh, and he was third in that, so I, I guess the 2017 season looks like a bit of a blip. Um, yeah, it just seems like he found a, took a bit of time to find his feet, but he he definitely has now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's exciting. I, yeah, I, I it really mean, is. I personally would be pretty hyped about seeing the Schumacher name back in a, in on the Formula yeah One on on really merit cool. as well, not just yeah. as a token thing. Yeah, it looks um, like very he's got much the on goods. merit. He really yeah. does, yeah. And he very much looked like he had the goods when we saw him in um, at Silverstone as well. Yeah, totally. Like he, he, you know, I think it's different when you do see him like there in person. You just get a sense, don't you? It's it's yeah. strange. You really do. Mm. Um, yeah, and especially if he's got Ferrari keeping an eye on him, then he should be in a pretty good spot. Yeah, that's provided they can find a seat for him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ferrari, it was their turn to do the Pirelli tyre test at Paul Ricard last week. Um, and one Charles Leclerc uh, did the uh, running for them uh, in this year's car as well. So we've already seen him in his Ferrari red uh, driving around. Um, obviously, it was a tyre test, so there was no actual data sort of publicly released or anything. But interestingly, Raikkonen has already had his seat fitting at Sauber. So it looks like there's a chance we're going to see him in this year's Sauber um, when it's their turn to do tyre testing after the Mexican Grand Prix. Um, oh, wow. Not messing around. Yeah. Um, which, you know, is, is obviously good for them because Raikkonen's been around for a long time. I think he's a, I think he's sort of known as a good driver in terms of car well, development. it was him, like, the, he specifically was one of the people that helped develop the F2 cars into what they are at the minute. Um, a, few, a few years ago now, mm. he was the lead consultant and he drove the car, told them what he thought was wrong with it and what needed changing to make to make the race yeah, better. It was a fair few years ago now, so the chassis evolved a little bit since then, but he was part of the initial consultation for that as well. But it sort of makes sense as well, this Leclerc, Raikkonen switch, if they do do it in the tests, because it 
allows Raikkonen to get a feel for the team and who he's going to be working with next season. And it also helps bed Leclerc into Ferrari and do the same thing and get him used to the engineers he's going to be working with and, you know, the the, the yeah, difference totally. in the step up. So it's it's good that they've got the ability to, to kind of do that, I guess, really. Yeah, it's a smart move all around, I think. And I really think Raikkonen's going to work wonders for Sauber. I think he's... Like they're they're already a team on the up, um, doing some really interesting development stuff, and he's the sort of driver you want when you're sort of you know making that upward trajectory, isn't he? Yeah. Meanwhile, we've already got a few people reporting that uh, Raikkonen's teammate next year is going to be Giovinazzi, um, which will leave Ericsson without a seat, as we sort of alluded to last week. Um. Yeah, that kind of <clears throat> leans into the idea that Raikkonen going to Sauber had nothing to do with Ferrari, which meant Ferrari still had a seat option available at Sauber. So it looks like they're going to want to put their guy Giovinazzi in, um, which I think we'd all be okay with. I'd definitely rather have Giovinazzi in the uh, seat than Ericsson, personally. Ericsson definitely feels like one of the more pay drivery pay drivers we've got on the grid right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it'd be good. It'd be good to see Giovinazzi getting a proper shot. Obviously, he did two races last season which were one was good one was bad so it'd be nice to see if he lands somewhere in the middle across a whole season I don't, yeah I don't know how I feel about that you know I, do, do, well I, I mean I know how I feel about it I'm, I'd be I, I don't really care for seeing Ericsson doing another season but like and I, and I want to see young drivers coming through but mm-hmm. I, do I believe yet that that, that will happen I believe it when I see it because oh yeah totally. Ericsson owns part owns Sauber pretty much, doesn't he? He's got a lot of money. Well, he's some some of the part owners of Sauber are they have close ties to him anyway. Yeah, yeah, very close ties to. So yeah. I, I'd be surprised. I'd be very surprised if they just sort of gave up that that big old bag of cash. Yeah, but the money that Raikkonen's going to bring in for them is is probably going to trump anything that. Ericsson can do. That is absolutely true. The amount of sponsorship that Raikkonen can bring with his name alone. I guess so, yeah, yeah. Even in just yeah. terms of merchandise, like, yeah, just print a load of caps and t-shirts with Raikkonen's name on, and yeah. he's, he'll pay for himself in no yeah, time. that's a really like, good point, actually, yeah. They're going to be running, a, they're running an entire Formula 1 team on, on flat cap yeah, pad, pretty pad much. sales. <laughs> I can't speak. <laughs> the same with Alonso, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Whatever Alonso drives, stick his name on some merch and just money comes raking him. Yeah, just sit back. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I have a little thing from a series that I know for a fact we've never talked about, and that's German GT Masters. Um, okay. But I really enjoyed this, so I thought I'd drop it in. Um, it was the final race of their season. Um, I think last weekend at uh, Hockenheim. Yes, Hockenheim. And a driver by the name of uh, Dries Van Thor. Great name. Strong. M- strong name, strong yeah. Strong start. Made a very ambitious move into turn one um, to take the lead. Uh, took out the current leader, and I think he took out a couple of other people in the process. Um, so the stewards said, yes, he needs a penalty. But it was the very last last race of the weekend, which was the final weekend of the season. So they said, well, we can't give him a grid drop. We can't give him a anything like that. We can't ban him for a race because the season's over. And I think he might not be coming back the following season. So instead, the penalty they gave him was that at some point in the next year, um, 
he has to visit a young driver like karting event somewhere in Germany um, and take his uh, German master's car with him uh, and do a little talk to the karting kids and to explain to them what he did wrong to get the penalty for being oh, there in the first place. That's an amazing penalty. How that's good is what that? they should do. That's a fantastic go and, penalty. Go and tell some children how you've messed up <laughs> and why you're a naughty boy. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I think more motorsport series should have penalties like that. <laughs> Definitely. Explain yourself to these children. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. It's awesome. I really enjoyed that. Nice. Did you retweet that? We've got to retweet that. I haven't, but I will do for sure. Um, it's uh, it's great because there's a proper like shot of the official um, release from the stewards. And it says, like, decision. The driver has to be present with his race car at a DKM event in season 2019 to explain why he has to be there <laughs> and showing his car. <laughs> <laughs> this is my car and this is what so I good. did I love how the word decisions written in like really <laughs> big bold type as well in yeah. case you like miss it like this is the decision <laughs> love it uh, and a final thing just running into the Russian Grand Prix uh, Red Bull have decided to revert back to the spec B Renault engine uh, Verstappen drove the spec C in Singapore um, which proved to be faster and obviously got him second place but he also suffered various issues across the whole weekend um, so as a result they're looking at some pretty hefty grid penalties because they're doing pretty wholesale engine changes in both cars um, they basically said they didn't expect to do well in Russia anyway so they're just throwing away this race for the sake of some new engines um, Christian Horner basically said their season hangs on Mexico now that's the only place they can see themselves getting another win um, obviously Max won there two years ago was it? yeah Yes. Yeah, I think it's two years ago. Um, actually, no, it was last season, wasn't it? Because Vettel and Hamilton, he was the big tart decider, wasn't it? And they both oh, yeah, blasted they both... two corners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but obviously the high altitude means the aero um, comes more into play there, yeah. which suits them a bit more. Yeah, yes. there's not much left on the calendar, is it, where you'd put them up, up towards the top? Yeah, definitely. So when it comes to your predictions this week, I would discount Red Bull from uh, anything particularly yes. impressive. Yes. You never know, though. Stranger things have happened. You never know. Uh, well, Red Bull only seems to win bizarre races. Like, something crazy has to happen for them to win a race. So you never know. Mm. I'm also going to rattle through a quick bit of Formula E news because we're barreling towards Season 4 now um, with the amazing new cars. Um, and teams have started unveiling their liveries and confirming driver lineups. Um, most notably, uh, so Nissan are taking over from uh, Renault, who are like their sister manufacturer. Um, Renault sort of want to concentrate on F1s and Nissan taking over their entry uh, they're retaining Sebastian Buemi to the season 2 champion as you would um, but we knew they were dropping Nico Prost and Alexander Albon is taking his place who you may mm. know from uh, Formula 2 um, which is interesting um, he's one of those guys who sort of people were tipping as potential F1 guy for quite a long time when it never quite uh, stars never quite aligned for him uh, yes he's making the jump to Formula E, so I'll be interested to see how he gets on, especially against Boemi. Um Otherwise, Venturi, which is their Susie Wolf's team, uh, are retaining Mortara alongside uh, newcomer Massa, who you may have heard of. Um, the Andretti team have now becoming a full BMW works entry because um, all manufacturers now are f- flocking to Formula E, it seems. Uh, they're running their factory drivers, uh, Antonio Felix da Costa, who's been in F- 
E for a few seasons now. Uh, and a guy called Alexander Sims, who I'd not heard of. He's yeah. a British driver. Um, I think he's like in his early 30s. Um, all I know about him is that I Googled him and one of the first images has got him with a pair of glasses on and the most spectacular moustache you've ever seen. So if nothing else, he looks <laughs> great. So I'm going to be supporting him next season. Um, I can't say anything else about him though, I'm afraid. Uh, Jaguar, who have by far the best looking car. It looks like it's from Tron. Um, are retaining uh, Nelson Piquet Jr. and Mitch Evans. And then finally, um, Virgin have announced a powertrain supply deal with Audi, which basically means they're running exactly the same cars now as the factory team. Diesel Gas, who is the Audi motorsport boss, even went as far as saying, we're glad that in the new Formula E season, together with Virgin Races, four Audi e-tron FE05 cars will fight for points and trophies, which Ooh. is interesting basically like virgin it's a customer car they're, yeah. they're customer cars it's, yeah it's basically a customer's car because obviously it's this everyone's running the same chassis yeah um, and they just stick in the powertrain so yeah they're literally running the same cars as Audi, which bodes well for virgin because Audi have been one of the most consistently successful teams in formula e history um yeah. but yeah i thought that was interesting given you know the all the talk of third cars in formula one at the moment um Formula E very much on board with third and indeed fourth cars it seems mm. um, the first first race first Formula E race for season 5 is on 15th of, de- 15th of December <laughs> great time to so, start a yeah. season it's, where it's just it's usually just after the F1's finished isn't it for the year it sort of times well with that yeah, yeah. It's, it's in Saudi Arabia yes one of the first motorsport events other than I think um What's it called? The big end of year thing where people from all sorts of disciplines race against each other. Oh, race of champions. Yeah. Yes, race champions. I think that was in Saudi Arabia last year, the year before. But this is one of the first like proper big motorsport events they've ever had there. Um, I can't wait to see these cars racing. Yeah, me too. It's going to be incredible. Have they confirmed who's racing for Virgin yet with that new powertrain? They haven't. No, October fifth. What's October fifth? That's when they're going to announce it. They're going to announce everything on the October the 5th. Ah, okay. Virgin. Yeah, I think Sam Bird is basically issuing, um, and there's a bit of chat about who's going to get the second seat. Um, Sam Bird for a title with that engine. Or at least being with a yeah, champion. Yeah, oh, I mean... Mate, he's so overdue, isn't it? Like, he, he really is. He's come very close a few times now. Yeah, just not oh, quite yeah. had the car that some of the other drivers have had in recent years, but been there no. or thereabouts. So it'd be, I'm very interested to see how that pans out with him on what I'd deem like equal machinery with one of the top teams. So Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we yet to have a double world champion in Formula yeah. E, so it's bound to be another new guy, why not him? <laughs> it's um it's overdue, I think, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um we've had a couple of little bits of uh correspondence. Uh Dat's Life asks if Vettel fails to beat Hamilton this weekend, is the title race over? I think Vettel has to win or at least beat Hamilton to have any chance of a comeback. Um, uh, I wouldn't say it's over over but it definitely will be it will go from a fingertip on the championship to probably a palm (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say that the momentum of Lewis beating Vettel again would probably just start to swing things in Mercedes and Lewis's favour and heads might start to drop at Ferrari because yeah. we all already know that they, they're not very good at stringing two halves of a season together. So falling, <laughs> falling further behind is probably not going to help that, is it? No. So. 
yeah, definitely a bit of momentum their way. And yeah. Sochi is a track where Mercedes have generally been pretty strong in the past. Or yeah. Be it that they were the most powerful car back then, but still. Yeah, we had the Bottas uh, race against, uh, was it Vettel chasing him down? He and was, he yeah. Hold him off. Yeah. Was that last year? Was that, um, that was last year. Yeah, and then the year, year before that, yeah, I think, was, 16 was Rosberg, wasn't Bottas. It? Um, oh, no, hang on. Last year was Bottas Raikkonen, wasn't it? Because they came together. Yes. Uh, no, that was, that was, was the year before. Mm. Was he in the Williams when that happens? That was the year before when Bottas was in the Williams. Yeah. He was in the Williams. They kept yeah. crashing, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I believe Mercedes are the only team that have won the Russian Grand Prix in all of its years. Um, oh. So it doesn't bode well for Ferrari. Fact. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't think. I cannot see Ferrari taking the fight to them. This, I think they're so rattled that from Singapore. I think, I think they're, they're going to have to do a lot of soul searching between well this week before the race to to get them to get their yeah. together. Yeah, and then they'll make some silly mistake again. Yeah, Ooh. they'll look. I'll tell you what they'll do. They'll look amazing all through practice, and yeah. then they'll cock up strategy. During qualifying or during the race or both. Let's <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> have a look at what tyres they're taking this time. Oh, okay. Pretty much no one is taking the hardest compound this weekend. Oh, except Alonso. Alonso's taking three sets with him. Everyone else is one or two. So don't mm. expect to see many soft tyres. I just tires. don't get why you'd only take one <clears throat> set. Just take <clears throat> two sets. It's not going to cost you anything. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying the fastest way around Sochi, though, is a two-stop on ultras and hypers. Yeah. So they'll probably start on hypers and do two stints on the ultras, I think. Yeah. I imagine. There you go. Tire chat. <clears throat> Next subject. Yeah, love some tire chat. <laughs> uh, I believe we have an email, Tom. We do. We've had more contribution from one of our favourite contributors, um, whose name has changed again. It was <laughs> the Giovanni Lavaghi commenting epidemic. It's now the MasterCard Lola Department of Good Ideas. So I'm loving these old school references. It's it's delightful. Um, The message this week is uh, Raikkonen going to Sauber is a great move. People seem to forget the importance of a veteran within a team that's building up and their ability to provide helpful feedback to advance the car further, especially when said veteran Mm -hmm. is a generational talent. Throwing youth drivers at these teams repeatedly only perpetuates smaller teams being used as talent farms, e.g. Toro Rosso. Mm. Um, if anything, blame Sauber for continuing to employ the human equivalent of room temperature tap water, a.k.a. Marcus Ericsson. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Brutal. Um, he, he, must, he, he must have incredible blackmail on the owners. If I had that sort of clout, I would replace him immediately with Maldonado. But then again, I am the greatest monster who has ever lived. <laughs> Who is this person? I don't know, but I want to shake their hand for giving us a good chuckle every week. Congratulations. Oh, great. Maybe it is Kimmy. (laughs) It's just Kimmy having a laugh. I'd love to know who it is. It must be because they're so, like, articulate, is the thing. They're so (laughs) articulate in their brutal put down. Yeah. It's like there's nothing more brutal than a brutal put down. Really, really well articulated. Yeah, <laughs> very true. So, yeah, um, I'm I'm yet to work out the relevance of the Mastercard Lola department of good ideas, like what I have with the others. But I will come back to you next week once I've worked that one out. Yeah, it's been a hectic old week, hasn't it? We've not had much time. To... Yes. 
Shall we do some predictions? Let's. It's going to be the Russian Grand Prix soon, so we're going to make some predictions. Uh, Chris, you can go first because your name's at the top of the list. Who will be fastest in Q3 before penalties? Who who will qualify on pole? Uh, Valtteri Victor Bottas. Valtteri Victor Bottas, okay. Um, Tom... I just happened to click on his name, so I know his middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what's yours? Please make up a hilarious middle name for whoever it is. Um, Valtteri, I like tracks where I can go fast, Bottas. Oh, that's <laughs> unusual. A Scandinavian middle name, that one. So Bottas yeah. again. Um, I'm going to go for Lewis Clarence Greenwood. I mean, Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> who? <laughs> don't know who that is. Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> that's because I used to call my uncle Clarence as a joke. Anyway. Um, Tom. <laughs> Niche. Well, yeah. Very niche. What's who, who you got for the win? Um, I'm trying to decide for myself whether I think that Bottas will hold on to it or Hamilton will take it. And I think, unfortunately, the way things are playing out, Hamilton might steal this one from him. So that's what I'm going to go with it. Lewis Clarence Hamilton, as you referred to him Lewis a moment Clarence ago. Hamilton. Yeah, I think Lewis Clarence Hamilton's mine as well for the win. And Tom and Chris. Oh, I desperately want to say Bottas, but I just don't think at this point in the season they're probably going to let him win. I think it's got to be Hamilton. You've already written it down, Hamilton. I've it's written, Hamilton. It's obviously it right Hamilton. In. I punched it right in. Um, first DNF, it's my turn to go first. Uh, who was the first DNF last year? Last year was Fernando Alonso was with it? gearbox failure. Oh, no, uh, sorry. That was a D- did not start. It was, in fact, yeah, Roman Lauren... Grosjean. Oh, lost, yeah, I'm looking at it. We lost Grosjean and Palmer in a collision on lap one. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at 2018 Singapore Grand Prix, that's fine. Um, <laughs> That'll do it. That will do it. Oh, that's that makes it tricky. Roman Grosjean, he's, he's, he's got it back together. Palmer's not in it anymore, Ricardo. You know what? The Red Bulls are going to be somewhere in the mix of the back. Yeah, that's true. So that's, that, it could be in a bit of a risky situation there. Um, but I am going to have to go for, I think, Lance Stroll. Lance Moneybags Stroll. <laughs> uh, Tom? Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, just because they're going to end up starting towards the back, I've got a feeling that they, something's either going to go wrong with what they put in the back of the car or they're going to get caught up in something in the midfield and to just pick one of these two drivers randomly is Verstappen. Verstappen, okay. Ah, oh, you bugger! I was gonna, I was thinking about doing that one myself earlier on, but yeah, I was thinking Verstappen as well. Uh, are, you, are you committing to that, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Although I will say, <clears throat> I reckon he's going to survive the first lap, but Red Bull are switching to an older engine because it's more reliable. Yeah. So you know, one of the Red Bull engines is going to go pop this yeah, weekend. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm thinking that maybe not necessarily first lap incident, more first. <laughs> failure and what i'm scared about at the moment is the fact that mine and chris's predictions are identical and chris has not scored many points oh, yeah, so i'm are. worried for myself that either means <laughs> i'm gonna have a good week or you're gonna have a shocking week <laughs> yeah um okay so the n- number of finishes uh we had 16 last year how many in the last race it was 19 finished in the last race didn't they yeah, yeah which is wild for mad reliability for singapore yeah 
Trish. Who's first? Uh, Chris, you're first this time, please. I'm going to go high. I'm going to say 18. 18. Uh, and then I'll guess I'll go. I'll go um, 17. Tom? Oh, I was thinking the same. I'm with you, Stu. 17. 17. Okay, we need a rando driver, please, Chris. Random driver is Charles Leclerc. Leclerc. That's a tough one. He's been that is a tough up and one. down, hasn't he? Oof. Uh, Tom, I think it's your turn to go first, maybe. Um, hmm, I'll try it should be an all right car there, I think. And he's had. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking. Sauber were pretty poor there last season. year, but then it's a very different Sauber this year, isn't it? Yeah. And the yeah. was 13th last time out in qualifying, and then in the race, he finished ninth. Another point. Singapore. He's had a lot of points finishes. Yeah, he's. I'm going to go for 10th, just in the points. 10th. Okay, and Chris, you can go this time. I'm going to go just outside the points. 12th. 12th. Okay, well, I mean, that opens the door for me to go 11th and oh, still be different from both of you. You're the worst. Most counts, so yeah. <laughs> I nearly said 11. Hedge well. my bets there, lads. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's all of the, uh, all the predictions this week. You can submit your predictions at backthegrid.com and there's a prize every week for anyone who gets a clean sweep as well as a prize for the season champion. There absolutely is. Uh, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, we're on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Just search Back of the Grid and you'll find us. Uh, and as you said, you can go to backofthegrid.com to enter the Predictions League and look at all the other shiny stuff there, including a contact form where you can get in touch with us. And that will do us for this week. Uh, we'll speak to you after the Russian Grand Prix next week. But until then, goodbye, everyone. Cheerio. Goodbye. This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.